Blog Talk Radio. You are good. And your love. 
Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Praise God. Praise God. Bless each one. Bless each one in the chat room. Bless each one that is listening by uh, 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 phone and through blog talk and Skype and whichever way God makes the way, there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Even at the start of this, brothers and sisters, I'm uh, learning a little more about uh, 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 using a, a laptop. And uh, I've had it set up for the Lord's Hour. And, uh, you know, it has when you uh, move your little, it's a little cursor like an arrow. Well, when it was about time for the Lord's Hour to come on, I'm sitting here praying and talking to Sister Brenda. All of a sudden, the little cursor turns into a hand right in the middle of the Lord's Hour, lands right on top of the Lord's Hour, and it's ready to go. Amen? It's like being led by the hand of God. Amen? Praise His wonderful name. Hallelujah. Oh, praise His wonderful name. Bless each one of you. Oh, there. Shalom there, brother. Joel Kawadi. Bless my brother. Bless my brother there in Morocco. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless each one to Sis Janet and Sis Marietta. Praise God. Bless each one. I pray uh, Sis Crystal. Bless her. She's out there listening. Pray for everyone uh, and say uh, welcome everyone that's here. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get ready to come into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise his wonderful name. Amen. You're right, Sis Marietta. It could be our last broadcast. Oh, glory to God. Oh, bless you there, Brother Al. Welcome, welcome, brother. Praise God. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. I know, Sister Marietta, we sense it in our spirit, too. Something's stirring. Something's stirring. Amen. There is an urgency. There, There is something going on, for sure. And I'll share a little bit of what the Lord has really been impressing on me, even more than what my message is, but something else during this week. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Amen. Father God, we just praise you and honor you. We come humbly before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Name above all names. Hallelujah. Glory to your wonderful name. Lord, there's a sense of urgency in our spirits rising up as we sense homecoming, as we sense being with you. Lord, but we just still occupy and we still be about the Father's business until. It is the appointed time, your perfect way in time, Lord, that you will take us from this world. For this world is not our home. No, our home is with you, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, you draw in the people, Lord. You draw in to your wonderful son, Jesus. Lord, by your spirit, Lord, you will touch hearts. You will touch minds and life tonight, Lord. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon us like rain, Lord. We just praise and honor you, Lord. We pray and thank you for your protection, Lord. We pray and thank you for your guidance, Lord. We thank you for your wisdom and revelation, Lord. We thank you for who you are in our lives, Lord. We give you all the glory and praise, Lord Jesus. We just praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we pray and thank you for your protection for the enemy and from the schemes of the enemy. And we, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, the protection over the airways, the connections in the name of Jesus, and by the power and the applied blood of Jesus over our hearts and minds, over our lives, in our households, in our families, in all the connections, in the computers and phones, in whichever way you have us here together, Lord. 
Jesus' name, brothers and sisters. And you know something else, brothers and sisters? You know something else? Power in the name of Jesus. And the Lord Jesus can break every chain. Amen? Come on now. Use your key. Use your key. Yeah, use the key. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to Christmas. Welcome to the Lord's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to the Lord. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is Just to pray. 
are from the world. The world is passing away, and with it its lust, the shameful pursuits of ungodly longings. But the one who does the will of God and carries out his promises, listen to the promise, lives forever, hallelujah. Lives forever, praise his name. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful promise, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. And you know it well as I do. God does not lie. Amen. He keeps his promises. Oh, glory to his name. Verse 18. Children, sons and daughters of God, it is the last hour, the end of the age. And just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, the one who will oppose Christ and attempt to replace him, even now, many antichrists, false teachers, have appeared, which confirms our belief that it is the last hour. They went out. They went. Listen, listen to this. They went out from us, seeing at first to be Christians. They seemed to be Christians, but they were not really of us, because they were not truly born again and spiritually transformed. You have to be born again to be a true follower of Christ, Christ-like. You have to be born again by the Spirit of God, Christ in Christ. Amen? For they, for if they had been of us, listen to this. Now listen to this about anybody that claims to be a believer. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out teaching false doctrines so that it would be clearly shown that none of them are of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specially gifted, prepared by the Holy Spirit, praise his name. And all of you, the truth because he teaches us, eliminates our minds and guards us from error. Oh, glory to his name. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie, nothing false, no deception is of truth. Verse 22. Who is a liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed? This is the Antichrist, the enemy, the antagonist of Christ. The one who denies and constantly refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son. Whoever denies and repudiates the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses and acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, the Lord is saying, as for you, my children, let that remain in you keeping your heart that message of salvation, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, you too will remain in the Son and in the Father forever. The promise is eternal life. Verse 25 sums it up. This is the promise. This is the promise which he himself promised us Eternal life. Amen. Eternal life. Amen. 
The Lord wanted me to remind you each uh, remind each of you, this is not your home. This world is passing away quickly. Focus on him and his glorious kingdom. He is our blessed hope. Hallelujah. Now, brothers and sisters, we get to the message that the Lord has put on my heart. Let me get a drink. And I'm sure you've heard this, but this is what the Lord has put on my heart to share. And when I was researching, it's mentioned 105 times in the Bible. There was somebody putting up a YouTube video and saying this is not even in the uh, uh, the Word of God. Well, they better get the Word of God and start studying that and quit listening to men. The message tonight is repent and repentance. Amen. Repent and repentance. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Grace, love, and mercy to each of you from God the Father and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Praise God to that. Let the mighty Holy Spirit fill you with all wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. Let him guide your heart and mind tonight. Amen. Brothers and sisters. So much is being said about these two important aspects of our faith. They are people out there saying we are born again, we are children of God, that we are saved. Yes, when we come to Christ and accept what he did at Calvary's cross and believe in our heart that he rose the third day, then we are saved. Amen. That we have a heart change, that our soul and our spirit has been born again. We have been re, we have been reconciled to God. We were separated from God, each one going his own way. Then Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, came and made a way for us to go a path, a way to the Father. Brothers and sisters, this is a faith walk in the only way to please God. That we believe that the Lord is able to save us from our sin and flesh that he has made a way to the kingdom of God, amen? That we are all going down, that we were all going down the road of destruction and hell because of our our sin nature. We were destined for hell, brothers and sisters. Now, through our knowing the truth and believing in faith are on that straight and narrow path. We had to face and know who we were as we come into the place in the presence in the presence of the Lord, that He is all righteous and all holy. Our best, our personal righteousness is a filthy rag. We can in no way meet the standards of Almighty God. When man fell, God knew this. And we, when we realize, and the Holy Spirit shares the truth that we are sinners, we are separate, separated from God, then we know we need a Savior. God gives us a Savior. God gives us the perfect sacrifice. Behold, the Lamb of God is what John the Baptist says when he sees Jesus coming. The only thing that covers and washes away sin, what God commands is innocent blood. You see... Sin is such an evil, wicked thing before God that the only way to cover it and wash it away is by innocent blood being poured out. In the Old Testament, it was by it was by a lamb's blood. This was the only this was only a type and shadow of what God was really going to do. He was letting his people know that they should be hoping for 
in looking for the true sacrifice of God, his only begotten son. He loves every one of us, even though we be sinners, that Christ died for us. Amen? This was the ultimate sacrifice. Once for all mankind, Jesus himself said on the cross before he died, it is finished. It is finished. The redemption plan was fulfilled. The ransom was paid in full by the blood of Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, defeated the enemy Satan. He had made a way for all mankind to be saved, delivered, and set free from Satan's chains and claim on them. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. So now we come to the other part, that each man and woman have a free will. God wanted his created ones to choose for themselves. God, the creator and father, was letting his children choose who will you love and serve. There is one thing about this. With that free will, you have only two choices. You can choose the Lord, thy God, and go the right way. Or you can choose the devil in your flesh and go the wrong way or the opposite way from the Lord. So we have a foundation to start this study. We have to make a decision when we are confronted and know the truth, that we are sinners and we need to be forgiven of our sins. We need to be washed from our sins. We need to go a new direction when we know this truth in our heart. The Holy Spirit is here for this reason. Amen? Let's look at this first. John 15, verse 26. John 15, verse 26. But when the, when, but when the comforter, excuse me, but when the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who comes from the Father. He will testify and bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, will bear witness of Christ and what he has done for each of us. Amen? The Father, God Almighty, sent the spirit of truth. Very nature is truth. Amen? The other thing he points out to this world in each one in this world, their sin. Go to John 16, verses 5 through 11. John 16, 5 through 11. Amen? Glory to the Lord. The Holy Spirit promised. Verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts and, and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. And, and he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for its Savior, and about righteousness and about judgment, about sin and the true nature of it, 
because they do not believe in me and my message about righteousness, personal integrity, and godly character, because I am going to my Father, you will no longer see me. About judgment, the certainty of it, because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. Hallelujah. When God does something, he does it all. Amen. He completes it. The promise was made when Christ ascended to heaven. Then the promise came at Pentecost. Amen. He, the Holy Spirit, is here. We all know this. He shines the light of the gospel to all the world in many different ways. Amen. So as we know that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, what are we told to do? Repent. What does this world what does this word mean? Is this word in the word of God? Does God expect us to be born again spirit-filled believers to do this? And how much more important is this to be ready for the return of our Lord Jesus? To be a church and a bride who has made herself ready for his coming. Amen. So let's first look at this at the definition of repent. To feel sorry, self-reproachable, or contrite for the past conduct, regret, or be conscience-stricken about a past action and attitude. The first definition does cover it about repenting when we first come to Christ, that we realize we are sinners in need forgiveness. Amen? So a lot of people are out there saying we are saved by grace, so our sins are all covered. We serve a God of love, and he will forgive me, and I have nothing to worry about. I can live any way I want, and my sins are covered. The word of God does say he remembers them no more. They are under the blood, washed whiter than snow. Yes, all this is true, but remember, this is a heart matter. This is a personal choice and free will. You have been bought with a very precious and expensive price. God gave all for you. You who claim that you are born again and are children of God, how can you say that you can do whatever you want? How can you say, I have God's grace? Think, you can live any way you want. This grace came with a cost, not for you but for your loving but for your loving father and creator you who make the decision to come to Christ and love and follow him now it will cost you everything you give him your heart soul and life you know how you you now have faith in Jesus Christ the son of the living god you trust in what he has done for you you trust and obey his word you love him and serve him with all your heart, mind, and soul. Does this sound like the, the, the I lifestyle? Does this sound like I can do whatever the hell I want to because of the grace of God? Let's look at this. We will camp out here for a while. This is important for your eternal life and being ready for the coming of Jesus. This is so important. Yes, amplified. Romans 6. Romans 6, believers are dead to sin, alive to God. Romans 6, uh, babe, 
Uh, I think it's the whole chapter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think. Yep. Amen. What shall we say to all this? Shall we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and the power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. For we have become one with him, listen to this, permanently united. In the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self, our human nature, without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him. In order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin, praise his name. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live together with him. Because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Hallelujah. Death no longer has power over him. Praise his name. For the death that he died, he died to sin, ending its power in paying the sinner's debt. What? And for all. And the life that he lived, he lived to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin and your relationship to it Spoken, but alive to God. Amen? Alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. But offer yourselves to God in a decisive, decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to a new life and your members all of your ability sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness, yield it, humble to God. For sin will no longer be your master over you. Since you are no longer under the law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise his name. Verse 15. What then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we are under law? 
but under God's grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that when you conditionally, I mean, continually offer yourself to someone to do his will, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, right standing with God. There it is. I mean, it is so simple. People have made, try to make this so complicated. Religion, men's wisdom, I mean, high-minded people, educated people, and there it is, so simple. Two choices. Two choices, very clear. Very clear contrast. Either you will be slaves of sin, or you will be in obedience to righteousness, right, standing with God. Very simple. With your free will, these are the choices you have to make. But thank God that thou, you were slaves of sin, you become obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching and which you were instructed to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, thank you, Lord, praise his name, you have become slaves of righteousness, of conformity to God's will and purpose, praise his name. Speaking in the familiar human terms because of your natural limitation, your spiritual immaturity. For just as you presented your bodily members as slaves to impurity and to moral lawlessness, leading to further lawlessness, so now offer your members, your abilities, your talents as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. That is, being set apart for God's purpose. Amen? Sanctification is being set apart for God's purpose. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Understanding more what sanctification means. Praise God. Verse 20. When you were sla- <clears throat> excuse me. Mm. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. You had no desire to conform to God's will. So what benefit did you get at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? None. For the outcome of those things is death. Very clear. But now since you have been set free from sin and have become willingly slaves to God, you have your benefits resulting in sanctification, being made holy and set apart for God's purpose. And the outcome of this is eternal life. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Find out where I'm at. No, no, we're okay. I just, I, it, it is, it is coughing. Some reason I guess I got excited and coughed it twice, but we'll move on. <clears throat> so the Apostle Paul, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, explains this so well. You have to study this and know this. God gave us his word to know the truth and his Holy Spirit to teach us the truth. God knows us better than ourselves, amen? So like a person or a child who is slow or distracted from learning, they have personal tutors. So God, in all his knowing wisdom, knew that we, like dumb sheep who stray away in their own way, gave us a personal tutor, 
who is all who is with us always. Hallelujah. By studying this and observing the word, the word, the word of God, as the Apostle Paul some sums this up in Romans 6, that people who think they can do whatever they want because of grace, I do not believe they are true believers. Look what Paul says in verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see what it says? To believers, those who trust and have faith in Christ, those who have the wages or a lifestyle of righteousness, not the lifestyle of this world, this flesh, and this sin. Amen? So that covers that, covers that since we have grace and love of God crowd. So let's say all our sin is covered. We have God's grace. So we have nothing to worry about. We can live any way we want. God loves us. When sharing about the definition repenting, I just shared the first part. Now listen to the rest of the definition, amen? To feel such sorrow for sin or fault as to be disposed to change one's life for the better. Be repentant. The first definition definition was about walking I was talking about past sin or regret of a wicked lifestyle. Now here it says to feel such sorrow for sin and fault. Feel now, brothers and sisters. Yes, we are born again, but like Paul, we deal with this flesh. We have not been glorified yet. We still have this flesh to deal with, amen? <coughs> God knows this too. That is why... Uh-oh. Well, yeah, but my screen went off. Oh, well. Okay. But uh, God knows this too. This is why he sent his son into the world. So he bared witness to the truth. He showed us the way to life, this life in the flesh. He came to set the captives free and save the lost, heal the sick. Amen. Let's look at the example of this. Go to John 8. Oh, what on? Okay. Yes, okay. Amen. Number lights. It's over here. You got to do numbers long. And then 5 5. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Go to verse 8, brothers and sisters. The, uh, verse, I mean, John 8, 1 through 11, and the captions about the adulterous woman. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came back into the temple court, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began teaching them. Now the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. They made her stand in the center of the court, and they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in very act of adultery. Now, in the law of Moses, commanded us. Okay. 
commanded us to stone such women to death. So what do you say to do with her? What is your sentence? They said this to test him, hoping that he would have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and began writing on the ground with his finger. However, when they persisted in questioning him, he straightened up and said, He who is without any sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and started writing on the ground. They listened to his reply, and and they began to go out one by one, starting with the oldest one until he was left alone with the woman standing there before him. In the center of the court, straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She answered, No one, Lord. And Jesus says, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. Look at his last statement to this woman. From now on, sin no more. He didn't say, I forgive you and love you and go and do what you want. No, he told her, go sin no more. We all know that this is impossible for man, but For the born-again believers, this is possible because we have the very nature of God. We have been set free from the power of sin. Sin does not reign in our mortal body. You are a new creation. You have the ability to say no to sin, to the no to the flesh, and no to the devil. So now we see we still deal with this flesh every day. So why are we to repent? First, this is the very nature and way of God. Go to Genesis 6, verses 5 through 6. When the Lord saw that the wickedness of of man was great in the earth, and all the imaginations of their thoughts of his heart were only evil continually, then it repented the Lord that he had made man in the earth, and he was sorry in his heart. God does not sin. He is perfect. But here here he was sorry and saddened by man in his choice to be wicked and sinful, instead to seek God and serve him only, like Noah did. A good example of a godly man. Follow that example, not the sinful, wicked people who who would not repent. God have mercy. Thank you. Thank you, baby. The other example is from the Apostle John, who is writing to the believers, not sinners. Amen? The Apostle John writing to believers, not sinners. 1 John chapter 1. Hallelujah. And again. <laughs> Woo! Glory to the Lord. It is the whole chapter. (laughs) It's a short chapter, though. I am writing about what existed from the beginning. What we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the one who existed even before the beginning of the world. Christ and the life and the aspect of his being was manifest, and we have seen 
it as eyewitnesses and testify and declare to you the life, the eternal life, who was already existing with the Father and was actually made visible to us, his followers. We have seen and heard, we have also proclaimed to you, so that you too many have fellowship as partners with us, and indeed our fellowship, which is the distinguishing mark of born-again believers, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things to you so that our joy in seeing you included may be made complete by having you share in the joy of salvation. God, amen, salvation. In the caption for this next section of Scripture, God is light. This is a message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announce to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in the conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. He is with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin and all its forms and manifestations. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude ourselves, and the truth is not in us. His word does not live in our hearts. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, I mean, excuse me, just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, even not in conformity with his will and purpose. If we say that we have not sinned, refusing to admit acts of sin, we make him out to be a liar by contradicting him, and his word is not in us. Very clear in the word of God as he, John, is speaking to true believers of Jesus Christ. Amen? We confess our sins as God forgive us of our sins when we sin in this flesh. The Holy Spirit will let you know when you sin. Even as a believer, he will let you know real quick. He wants you to confess and ask for forgiveness of this sin and learn from the temptation to grow and mature and overcome this, to prepare you for going home. One thing I have noticed, this is happening so much quicker. Amen? It is the urgency of this, brothers and sisters. He is sanctifying us daily. He is giving the weight of the world and sin out of us so we can fly away at the trumpet, at the sound of God's almighty shofar. Amen? Hallelujah! Praise his name. Hallelujah. Praise his name. So we see this 
is part of our new lifestyle, just as watching and praying is repenting. We know, brothers and sisters, the main thing that keeps us from us from repenting is pride. A humble servant of the Lord have no problem repenting because they know they, they want to please God. They want to be what God wants. They want to be holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. This is not just a word. It is a verb meaning action in our lives daily. Amen. We are to have the very nature of God, his righteousness, his holiness, his love, his grace, and his mercy. Amen. So now we will go into the word of God and learn and study more about repentance. Amen. Go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 14, verse 6. Hang on, let me answer this real quick. Praise his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 14. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, God, repent. Turn yourselves from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. Clearly, part of repenting is turning yourselves from evil and sin. Amen? I was surprised that the definition for repent had nothing about turning from sin. Yes, asking God to forgive you of your sin, but also turning, going a new direction as we do. Amen? Go to Ezekiel 18, verse 30, praises one of the names. Therefore... I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his way, says the Lord God. Repent, turn from your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Without repenting, your iniquity and sin will bring you to ruin. God have mercy. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Go to Joel 2, verse 13. Joel 2, verse 13. And rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. That we are to repent to him of evil. Amen. Now, go to Matthew 3, Matthew 3, and verses 4 through 12. Matthew 3, verses 4 through 12. Amen. Let me get a drink here. As Sister Brenda is seeking out the word. Amen. Thank God for godly wives. Amen. Thank God for Obedient and godly wise to the Lord. Now this same John had clothing made of camel's hair and wide leather band around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. At the time Jerusalem was going, I mean, time was going out to him and all Judea and all the district around Jordan, and they they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sin. But when he saw many of the Pharisees in Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, <laughs> eh, now how would you like to <laughs> say, 
say this to people. Say this to a pastor or a priest. <laughs> you brought a viper? <laughs> Who warned you to flee from the divine wrath and judgment to come? So produce fruit that is consistent with repentance, demonstrating new behavior that proves a change of heart and a conscious decision to turn away from sin. Oh, praise his name. And do not presume to say to yourself as a defense, we have Abraham for our father, so our inheritance assures us of salvation. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children, descendants for Abraham. And already the axe of God's judgment is swinging toward the root of the trees. Therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11. As for me, I baptize you with the water because of your because of your repentance. That is because you're willing to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret your sin, and live the changed life. But he, the Messiah, who is coming after me, is mightier, more powerful, more noble than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to remove, even as his slave. He will baptize you who truly repent, who truly repent with the Holy Spirit, and you who remain unrepented with fire judgment. With his whittling fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat believers into the barn kingdom, but he will burn the chaff, the unrepentant, the unrepentant with unquenchable fire. Two points from the Amplified Version. And we know the Lord told me to amp up my word for such a time as this. So from verse 8, it says, So produce the fruit that is consistent with repentance, demonstrating new behavior that proves a change of heart and conscious decision to turn away from sin. The other is verse 12, The chaff that the Lord will burn up, the unrepentant. I tell you now, Whoever is telling you you don't need to repent and make a free will decision to do whatever you want is a liar and the doctrines of demon and foolish wisdom of men. The word of God clearly says, repent. We'll, we will not compromise the word of God. We will share the truth, and you will have to decide what you're going to do with that truth. Amen? Go to Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse 17, praise his name. The word of God is truth, amen? From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus preached, repented, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and still is now, amen? Matthew 9, verse 13, 
but go ye and learn what meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen, Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit is saying this. Righteous here are the self-righteous. Like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, like the one saying, I am righteous because of God's love and grace, and forget the word that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. We who are truly followers of Christ will obey him. We will want righteousness and holy each day by his power and his word. Amen. Why is this word in God why is this word in God's word from Galatians actually two words the Holy Spirit is saying? Galatians five sixteen to twenty five. Hallelujah. Galatians five, sixteen to twenty five. <clears throat> but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. For the sinful nature has this desire which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, righteousness. I mean, righteous behavior and other things like this, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others. There's what love is, unselfish concern for others. Joy, inner peace, patience, not the uh, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we are to act while waiting. Isn't that interesting? Patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with his passions and appetites. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Isn't God's word powerful? Woo, glory. Verse 25. If we claim, if we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit. 
with personal integrity, integrity, godly character, moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. The Holy Spirit is saying there is two natures in all of us. Which one will you choose? Which one will you follow and obey? You who are born again and filled with me, will you turn from your sin and flesh? You will repent when these things try to rise up in you. I will convict you and press you when you are sinning and admonish you to repent and ask for me to help you overcome this and teach you and help you to grow mature so you can walk in me and not fulfill the flesh. This is so important, my children, for these days. You who are my true children, I will chastise you and convict you immediately so you confess, repent, and ask the Father to forgive you, and I will comfort you and guide you into all truth. Amen. The second scripture for this is in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10. Hallelujah. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Here it is again. It is, it, this is said many times in the Word of God, especially in the New Testament. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. Scornfully set aside. You hear that? But what of a man sows this, and this only is what he'll reap. For the one who sows to his flesh his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. Amen? So very clear from the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, go to Mark 6, verse 12. Mark 6, verse 12. Praise is one of a name. Amen? Glory to the Lord in the highest. Hallelujah. Oh, shalom there, Brother Javon. Praise God. Welcome, brother. Welcome. Brother, I want to tell you something. God's word is powerful, amen? Let me tell you another thing, brother. The Holy Spirit is powerful, amen? Oh, one more thing, brother. There is power in the name of Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah, brother. Praise his name. Mark 6, verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. The disciples went out preaching to repent. Amen? Luke 13, 3. I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That's from the Lord. There it is. Very clear. I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all perish. Luke 13, 5. I tell you nay, but except ye repent, you shall all perish. He says it again. Twice the Lord says, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. God have mercy. 
Luke 15, verse 7, praise his name. Luke 15, verse 7, praise his name. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Now, who is this crowd? Listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Again, the Holy Spirit is saying, the ones who were self-righteous, ones who think by their own deeds and righteousness can make it to heaven, your righteousness as this filthy rags. Do you want to know where your righteousness stands up? All who say no need to repent, these were rags that women would use during their menstrual cycle, where this bloody nasty, where this bloody nasty blood would go from men. God have mercy. You think your righteousness stands up to God? No. Acts two, verse thirty-eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Without repenting, no gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Where would you be without him? Left behind. Acts three nineteen. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come, from the presence of the Lord, hallelujah. Refreshing comes after repenting, amen. Acts 11, verse 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then have God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Amen. To all people. To all people, God has granted repentance unto life. Go to Acts 17, verse 30. Acts 17, verse 30. Hallelujah to the Lord. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Okay, everybody out there. You are a man or a woman, right? Check. Make sure you're not a dog or animal or maybe a tree or plant. Okay. So we all agree then that we are li that who are listening are people, mankind, right? We agree with that, baby? Yes, dear. <laughs> then by the word of God, you are commanded to repent. All men and women everywhere to repent. Amen. Now, go to Romans 2, verse 4. Romans 2, verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Paul is asking each one who's listening. Amen. Romans 11, verse 29. Romans 11, verse 29. For the gifts and the calling are God are without repentance. Confirmed again, these do not come without repentance. Amen? 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians seven verse ten. Second Corinthians seven verse ten. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. But sure it is the right kind of repentance. Godly sorrow led by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Now go to Second Peter. Second Peter chapter three verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, for such a time as we live, we who are looking for the Lord Jesus, coming in the clouds of glory to catch us away, to rapture us, that we are to be prepared, watching and praying. One of the main things we need to be doing is repenting. Amen? Look here as the Lord is talking to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Look at the one main one of the main themes here. Amen? Go to Revelations chapter 2, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from hence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Revelations 2.16. Repent. Or else I will come quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelations 2.21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Revelations 2.22. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into the great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. Another 222 and a warning. You who are committing adultery with the world and with the Jezebel spirit, you are in the church of the living God acting like a whore and instead a promised bride. The Lord is saying, repent, repent, repent. Revelations 3, 3. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come unto thee. To not be unawares of the Lord's coming, repent. So now, so we see that repent is in the word of God, that he has commanded all mankind to repent. Here in the book of Revelation, he commands his church in chapter 2 and 3 at least seven times to repent God's perfect number and plan. Amen. I leave you with this short but powerful scripture to each of us who love him and trust him. Revelations 319. 
as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, listen to this, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Amen. Yes, Lord. Lead me to the cross. Lead me to the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hill, where your blood was
Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we know how important it is about repenting. So we know that we're supposed to get ourselves ready, make ourselves ready. <laughs> I had my keys. I was getting ready to go. <laughs> I don't know where my keys going to take me. The keys of the word of God, that's for sure. Praise God. Hallelujah. Worship and honor the Lord in the highest. Amen. Glory, glory, glory to the Lord. He is glorious. He is merciful. He is kind. He is holy and true. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, praise the saints. All right. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to turn it over to uh, my wife and sis Brenda. You know what? I can tell you something. Jesus is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. Get ready. Jesus is coming back. I found this in uh, in my. I found this in my search for a service for everybody, and it's it stuck out. So let's let's hear it. Get ready. Jesus is coming. Just saying those words thrilled my heart. Amen. Get ready. Jesus the Messiah is coming soon. Don't that make your heart beat faster? It does mine. Some years ago, during the crazy mixed-up 1960s, when love was the magic password, somebody made made this saying popular. We don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind is blowing. Actually, the same idea has been spoken 2,000 years earlier by Jesus of Nazareth, who really put down the people of his day by not knowing his first coming was already here. In, In Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, Jesus speaking 12 54 through 56. And he was also saying to the multitude, when you see the clouds rising in the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming, and it and it turns out so. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, it will not be a hot day, and it turns out that way. You hypocrites. You know how to analyze the appearance of, of the earth and the sky. But why do you not analyze this present time? Amen. Jesus chastised these those folks for not knowing it was time for his first visitation. The point is, God doesn't spring surprises on his people. Just the opposite. He really loves us, let loves to let us know beforehand just what is he intends to do Amen. before he does it. We see this in Isaiah 42, 8 through 9. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Let's be really clear about this. 
It is God's special pleasure to make things known beforehand. That's why over one-third of the entire Bible is devoted to those who love him, seek him, and are called by his name. There should be absolutely no surprise. For example, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, God tells us how he loves to tell us things before they happen. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Point is, God never tries to fool us. He never desires to surprise us. He tells us beforehand all the things that he's going to do, including exactly when he would send the Messiah the first time. Okay, you say, but what about his second coming? Did he tell us clearly about the event beforehand? <laughs> you bet your life he did. Amen. And he promised to do that. He promised he promised to do just that in the New Testament too. Yes. Through the prophet, priest, and king Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to what Jesus said. In John thirteen nine, from this time forward I will tell you before it happens. That when it happens, you that you may believe that I am. Amen. Glory to God. In John, God. and in John fourteen twenty nine, and now I have told you before it occurs, and when it occurs, that you may believe. And in John sixteen four, he said, "But I have spoken these things to you, that when the hour comes." that you may recall them, that I told you these things. But I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. And finally, in John sixteen thirteen, Jesus promises to send us the Holy Spirit to guide us unto all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. These things to come then is now involved in the nation of Israel. And just as he had used Israel in the time clock the first time he came, in the very same way he is today using Israel as his time clock for his return. Yes, he is. Praise God. Israel is our time piece. Yes, he is. Over the past 2,000 years, one of the most horrific wonders for the entire world was the great devastation God brought promised land as a judgment for Israel's sin. Mm. The very country that had produced the Holy Bible, Moses, King David, Solomon's temple, and Jesus Christ has been turned into a barren wasteland. Mm. For eight For 1,800 years, a small handful of fervent Jews scratched out a living in Palestine Palestine, and and daily prayed to God at the Welling Wall 
the western wall of the old temple. Have mercy on us and restore Israel to the land we, just as the prophet said, would happen in the last days. Meanwhile, in the country renamed Palestine by her cynical Roman conquerors, the soil was scorched. Not a thing would grow. At the beginning of the century, when Mark Twain toured Palestine, he wrote, This is the most desolate and God-forsaken dust bow I've ever seen. Even the grasshoppers here starve to death. But those who studied the Bible knew that God's curse would one day be turned into a great blessing. And in nineteen, I mean, in eighteen sixty-three, English theologian John Owen wrote, "The Jews shall be gathered from all parts of the earth, where they are now scattered and brought back unto their own land." The great English preacher Charles Hayden Spurgeon yearned for the day when Israel would become a would be reborn, because he knew. The return of Jesus would be marked by clear signs involving Israel, which was ceased being a nation in 1,800 years before. Whenever Spurgeon preached on the second coming of Jesus, he would say, And may we see the day where the Jews who have been scattered all these centuries be regathered by God to become Israel once more. For then, as may expect the Lord's soon return. I'm about to cry, y'all. That's so powerful. But Owen and Spurgeon knew and believed the scriptures thousands of years ago. God proclaimed as though the prophet Amos and in chapter 9, verse 14, I will restore the captivity of my people, Israel, and they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. And and will have also plant vineyards and drink their wine and make gardens and eat their fruit and will also plant them in their own land and they will not again be rooted out of their land which I have given them, says the Lord your God. Even earlier God has prophesied even earlier God had prophesied the same return of the scattered Jews by the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 36, 22-24. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and I will break you, bring you into your own land. On the very next page, Ezekiel chapter 37, the famous dry bones portion describes how God says he will put a new and fresh the skin of those dry bones and breathe life into them. Then in verse 11, he explains, that those dry bones are sons of men, and those these bones are the house of Israel. Behold, they say, 
Our bones are dried up and our hopes are perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, to them and say, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, I will open your grave and cause you to come up out of your grave, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Most of us have have seen footage of the World War II concentration camps where millions of Jews were slaughtered. When these camps were liberated, hundreds of thousands of living skeletons walked out. Anyone who has ever seen those these pictures can never forget them. Those Jewish survivors really fit Ezekiel's vision of dry bones. Many of those Holocaust survivors played a key role in the most significant event of the 19th century. That event was a rebirth of the nation of Israel after 2,000 years Amen. as a scattered people without a land. What a miracle. How do people deny God? When you see this, right in the middle, right in the middle, I'm sorry, right in the middle of all these Arab nations that hate him, right in the place that wants to destroy him all. There, there it is. It's here. <laughs> Just as God has promised, he had as an internal inheritance. On May 11, 1949, Israel was formally admitted as the 59th member of the United Nations. The event signaled what many scholars have been praying for hundreds of years. The rebirth of Israel was a certain prophesied sign that the world had entered the last days. Let's let's go to the book of Jeremiah 23, 7 and 8. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they will say, no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north and from the, all the countries where they have been driven, had been driven, and they will live in their own soil. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Since its rebirth in 1948, four million Jews from all over the world have made made it to the Holy Land. They pulled up stakes, gave up homes and business, and took their new identities as, as, took on new identities as modern Israelites. Now, the barren wasteland has been transformed into a Mideast Garden of Eden. Tiny Israel, a nation of five million people, is today the third largest food exporter of the world. What happened? Because rainfall, which has been so rare for so many countries, suddenly returned. The Pilgrim Bible recorded this amazing change. There always used to be two rainy seasons in Palestine, one in the spring 
and the other in the, the second rain God withheld while God was scattered. But his but he promised in Joel two to send it again when Israel would be returning. The rain fell the rain the the fall rain began again lightly at the beginning of the twentieth century and it began increasing ever since. Let's Let's check out the prophecy in the book of Joel, chapter 2, 23, 24, and 25. So rejoice, O son of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your identification, and he has poured down for you the rain. The early and latter rain is as before, and the and the threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with the new wine and oil. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locusts had eaten, the creeping locusts and had stripped locusts, the stripping locusts and the lo- gnawing locusts, my great army, which I send among you. With the full milk. With that, with a fulfillment in our time, Israel today is a nation composed of Jews from 125 different lands, speaking 85 different languages, gathered just as God said he would do. Not only that, he restored the Hebrew language just as he said he would in Jeremiah 30, 31, 23. And not only that, the Lord also told us that his return to the land was part of the sequence that would conclude with the Messiah's return and the salvation of all Israel. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the last part hasn't happened yet. Israel today is is, mo- is mostly a secular country where there's who believe fervently in God and the Bible are looked on as oddballs. But God even prophesied that would be the case. He said it would be first, he would first bring the Jews back to the land in state of unbelief through the prophet Hosea in chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. For the sons of Israel will remain from many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, and without Info uh, or household idols. Afterwards, the son of Israel will return to the Lord their God and David their king, and they will come trembling to the Lord and his goodness in the last day. Mm-hmm. Has the last part happened yet? No, not yet. Because before this happens, something awesome must happen to Israel and the entire world. We read about in Joel 2, 1. Ready? Blow a trumpet in Zion and sound the Lord, my holy mountain. Let the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near. A day of darkening and gloom. A day of cloud and thick darkness. A day as the dawn is spread over the mountains, so there is a great and mighty people. Their 
has never been anything like it, nor will there be anything after it for many years, for many generations. So all all these signs, the Jewish nation restored, renewed rain, fruitful plains are all cleared signs of the days of the Lord is right at the doorstep. Now the day of the Lord is hardly a matter of celebration. It, it will be the time of the worldwide distress, heavy persecution of the people of Israel, and an outpouring of horrible judgment of the bowels of God. Wrath will be poured out on the entire world. You can, you can read about that in Jeremiah 30, Revelation chapter 8 through 19, when the church, when the church is no longer here. At the very end of the terrible time, the armies of the world will gather in Israel and destroy the Jewish nation, but in reality, making war against God himself. But but glory be to God, he will himself return with his saints and the believing church of Jesus Christ to defeat his foes at this terrible battle called Armageddon. You can read about this in Zechariah 12, 8, and 9, and in the book of Romans eleven twenty six, And thus all Israel will be saved, just as it was written. Now, the, this temptation cannot take place until the, the time of the Gentiles are completed. Amen. The time of the Gentiles began in 605 B.C. with Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem and took the Jews captive into Babylonian exile. Jesus referred to this time of the Gentiles when he took his the disciples about the signs of his return. Let's read it in Luke twenty one, twenty four. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led into captivity by all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled under the foot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Amen. When, when will this time of the Gentiles be fulfilled? When Jerusalem is no longer trotted under or ruled over but by Gentiles. But wait, the great prophecy event has already happened. Many years ago, during the Six-Day War in 1967, in the June of 1960, and the June of 60, in June of 1967, Israel recaptured the old city from Jordan and made the United City of Jerusalem its everlasting capital. Scarcely a day goes by now when we don't hear more developments in peace negotiation between Israel and the Arabs. Our Secretary of State is right in the thick of things where there's a report of peace treaties, including the right of the Jews to worship in the old Temple Mount. This is really exciting because we know from Daniel 9.27 that there will be a false peace treaty between Israel and her enemies just seven years before the Lord returns to set up his earthly reign. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, it is written, while they say peace and safety, the instruction will come upon the uh, suddenly like birth pangs upon a woman with child, and there shall be no escape. What does this mean now 
to Christians and non-Christians who are even being drawn drawn to Messiah Jesus. Jesus him tells us tells us in Second oh, First Thessalonians thirteen twenty eight through thirty. Parable of the fig tree. And no, that's not it's not second. I got the wrong still. The fig tree, the fig tree uh, parable, baby. I lost it. Now learn the parable from the fig, fig tree. Okay. When its branches are ready, become tender and put forth its leaves. You know that summer is near. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near, right at the door. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. When when we see all these events he has listed, that are the signal times of his second coming. coming. Jesus also said, Behold, the fig tree. Why the fig tree? Because the fig tree is a biblical symbol of Israel. So that generation that sees the fig tree put forth its leaves, in other words, sees Israel come back to life, and the generation that sees Jerusalem no longer trod under by Gentiles or be under Gentile rule, that generation, my friend, will not pass away until all things take place. Without any question, we are that generation. Some of us some of us were already alive in 1948 when Israel was born for, and most of us were surely alive in 1967 when Jerusalem returned to the Jewish land. Friends, brothers, sisters, please hear me. We are now in the last days. We are that generation who will not die out until we see the awful events of the tribulation of the return of Jesus as our glorified Lord. When he comes before, he came a lamb of God who shed his blood for the sins of the world. He came to die for us. Now he is about to come to as a line of Judah, the Lord who will judge the world, who will refuse to accept his mercy for his, his sacrifice for them who received his perfect judgment justice, which will be terrible for those who choose that. As Tom, Thomas Jefferson said, when I look at my at my nation and realize that God is a just God, I tremble. Mm. Amen. What an amazing time and blessing it will be to be alive now. Just there is still time for everyone who hasn't said yes to Jesus to do it now. Just ask him into your, the quietness of your heart to come into your life and show him, show himself to you, show, to show you the truth of who he is. Jesus is coming to take his bride. Amen. And when he takes his bride, then, we'll, then we will be in the tribulation. Amen. At any moment. Even now, as as you hear, listen, suddenly, without warning, we may experience the last prophecy left 
for the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Namely, the fulfillment of 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, 16. For the Hallelujah. Lord, huh? Hallelujah. For the Lord himself will descend from the heaven with a shout, yes, with the voice of the archangels, with the trumpet of God, Hallelujah. and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall be, be always with our Lord. This is the last hour, and the one who is coming soon and very, very soon is Jesus Christ, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Creator. Lord, God, and Savior. So get ready Amen. by opening your heart and mind and trusting and receiving our Lord, Yeshua, Jesus. And Jesus is your own ticket to heaven. Amen. 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 Wow. You were doing quick, my God. Amen. Well, one thing. The message for sure keeps going, brothers and sisters.
Hi, everybody. Uh, Today's prayer declaration is going to be out of Psalm 78, 5, 6, and 7. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generations to come might know them. The children who knew would hear be born that they may arise and declare to their children children and to the, set their hope in God yeah. and may not, and not forget the works of God to keep his commandments. Amen. Psalms 78 5 through 7. Hope has been defined as desire married to expectation. Tertullian, one of the early church fathers, said, Hope is patient with the with the lamp lit. According to our key passage, one of the primary reasons God gave us his word was to transfer hope to future generations. It was not enough for this so warming sunshine to reach the full the full grown trees. It must shine down on the forest floor and nurture the life is often unpredictable. At times we may even face what 
appears to be a hopeless situation, but we are in covenant with the Lord, God of hope, who fills us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope in the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans fifteen thirteen. Though this generation is creaming downhill towards a time of tribulation like none other the world has ever seen, we need we have a blessed hope. The the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus. Scripture promises that when we see him, we shall be we shall be like him. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Yes, of all the promises we can pass to our children, this is the one that is most important. That Jesus is coming again to establish himself once for all the Lord and Lords and King of Kings in heaven and earth. Before I before I go into prayer declaration, but before I go into prayer declaration, I want to tell you, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. I picked up the book and I go, you know, honestly, I just picked the picked up this first. Amen. And I and I and I just hope in God. Say nothing else but hope in God. Amen. It didn't tell me that it was going to be confirmation, confirmation of what my message was today. But what is God is good and all the time God is good. I'm telling you if Scotty, 
I believe you will feel April. Yes, I will. You. I believe you will feel Jessica. I believe you will feel Bobby. I believe you will feel Veronica yes. with all joy yes. and peace in believing that they may always abound in hope yes, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. As we look forward to the blessing of your return and the hope of glory that resides within us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen.
I'm speaking through a phone. Oh, I can make it better. Hang on. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Uh, I guess I got a pretty good idea what they are. That's all right. It just helps me some. Amen. Man, there's that toothless Emicon. We need to pray for that toothless Emicon to get some teeth. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you. We give you all the glory and praise. Father, we just thank you. We come in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for Dylan, our grandson. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring his blood sugars to normal. And, Lord, that you would touch him in a way for healing. And, Lord, we pray that you would heal him of this infirmity, diabetes, in the name of Jesus. Lift him up and strengthen him and renew him, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we all pray within our hearts that we would be ready for the coming, your coming, Lord, for you to take us home, to caught up, the rapture, Harzo, oh Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would be counted worthy to escape. Lord, we pray for we pray for Gabel. Lord, we pray for this sister. We pray for this lady, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We don't know all the situations, but you do. You know the hearts and minds of all people. And I pray that she cries out to you, whatever situation she's in, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless her, strengthen her, and give her peace, past understanding, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray for our brother Calvin. We don't know what's going on there totally. But, Lord, we lift him up and pray for him. And we pray, Lord, that he is seeking you. And he is finding the direction to go and seeking your word. And we pray that you would just take care of him and watch over him in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father God, we pray for salvation for our family. Lord, we pray for salvation for our loved ones. We pray for salvation for our children. Lord, we pray for salvation, co-workers and friends. We pray for every salvation for people around us. We pray, Lord, we let our light so shine that they see the light so bright, Lord, it would blind, it would it would blind through the blinders and knock them off their eyes that they can see the truth. And Lord, that their hearts would be open to the truth, and that they would know that they need Jesus as Savior and Lord. They would open their hearts to you, Lord Jesus. They would hear you knocking on their hearts, knocking on their hearts. Let me in. Let me in. I love you. Let me in. Oh Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for the continued healing of Sis, Sis Barbara, Lord. We pray you would just lift her up and strengthen her and refresh her, Lord. And, Lord, that you would put the mind of Christ in her. And, Lord, you renew her and strengthen her. And, Brother Dan, that you would bless him and strengthen him as he has been a great loving helpmate for his uh, wife going through this time, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. And we pray, Lord, that they would turn their hearts to you, Yeshua, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, they would cry out to Yahweh, Almighty God, and that's who they need to trust, and that's who they need to turn to in this time, Lord, where they feel so abandoned, that, Lord, that we would pray and show them that we're supporting them, and we're praying for them, and we love them, 
and we know that God loves them, and we know by God's word those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed. And who would dare to divide God's land? God have mercy on their souls as they try to divide God's holy land. Oh, God have mercy. Lord God, we pray for Nicole's brother. We pray for recovery. We pray for healing upon him, Lord. We pray you touch him, and he knows he's been touched by the master's hand and by the hand of the great physician, the Lord Jesus, I pray, Father. Lord God, I pray in such a time as this that Brother Pablo would have shifts, the shifts would change for him. Lord, that he would be taken out of the nighttime and into the daytime where he's able to minister and serve here on the Lord's hour. Make a way, Lord. You are able. In such a short time and urgency, you would make it quickly, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray for the Lord's hour. Thank you for this time you have given us and this ministry that has arisen. And, Lord, that you have made a way that seems to be no way. And, Father, that I pray for each one who serves here, Brother Elby and his family, Sis Carla and her family, and Brother Pablo and his family, and Brother Kelvin and, and his family, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we just pray for me and uh, Sis Brenda, too, in our family. Lord, that we faint not. That we faint not, Lord. That we faint not. And, Lord God, I pray for Nancy. I pray you comfort her and Mark. And I pray that their eyes will be open in the seriousness that that breath, that death is a breath away, that eternity is a breath away. And it's time to get right with God and be reconciled. It's time to cry out to Jesus. And I pray that all the family, that this would wake them up and know that there is death ahead if you don't have eternal life with Christ. And I pray, Lord, that they see eternity is a breath away. And it is time to get right with God and to be reconciled. Father God, I just thank you and praise you for this night. And I thank you for the brethren, Lord. I thank you for my brothers of God. I pray for Brother Allen. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in his life. And I pray you would just bless him and strengthen him and anoint him by your mighty Holy Spirit. Fill him up, oh Lord. Fill him with the living water and the fire of God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray for... Brother Al, Lord, I pray you would bless him. And Donnie, Lord, in the name of Jesus, bless them and strengthen them, Lord. Watch over and protect them, Lord. I pray you would give him boldness and strength in the Lord and that you would anoint him with your mighty Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray for Sister Nicole, and I pray you touch her, Lord, and that you would strengthen her and you would heal her and renew her heart, Lord, and to strengthen her and heal her and what she has called for. Father God, and I would pray you would lift her up and strengthen her. Let the light of God so shine from her and anoint her, Lord, to serve you well in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, for Brother Javon. Bless our brother. Bless our powerful brother in the name of Jesus. In the word that you have put in his heart and it has blessed all of us in knowing that God is powerful. His word is powerful. The spirit of the God is powerful. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray for Sis Marietta. I pray you would bless her and strengthen her in the name of Jesus. Lord, lift her up and watch over and protect her. Let her light so shine and let her urgency in, 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 in this one to be would keep her from fainting, Lord, and that she would stand strong and stand, stand strong and stand fast. 
And, Lord, that she would hang on to the anchor of her soul. You, Lord Jesus. Father God, I just pray and thank you for our brother Kowal Jawadi, Lord, standing there in Morocco, letting the light so shine there, Lord. And I pray you would just bless him and strengthen him, Lord, and know that he has fellowship and that he has the brethren right here, his brothers and sisters who love him, and that we bless our brother, and we pray let the light of God so shine to him. And, Lord God, I pray to this sunshine. Let her light, let, it, let the sun shine, Lord. Let the Son of God shine through this sunshine. Hallelujah. Let the brightness of her eyes and her smile be a testimony that Jesus lives in her. Lord God, I pray, I pray for Sis Janet. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen her. I pray, Lord, let their faith arise and know that this, this unborn child will, will be healed and, and he will be whole in, 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 in the birth, Lord. And we just pray, Father, that you would intervene and that you are able, Lord, for you are the giver of life and not of death, O oh Lord, that you come to give life and life abundantly. And, Lord, we rebuke and we bind the devourer in the name of Jesus and by the power of the living God. Father God, I pray for J. Mike. Bless our, bless our brother in the name of Jesus. Bless him, Lord. Lift him up. Strengthen him. Know that Jesus loves him. And Jesus is with him through his mighty Holy Spirit. And that he would call upon the name of the This is the story of the Son of God Hanging on the cross for me but it ends with a bride and groom And a wedding by a glassy sea Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause I'll be there 